people listen to this show to be scolded. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Good Bad Show. My name is Andy. And I'm Matt. And this is a podcast where Matt and I, we just keep it light and breezy. Nothing bad happens in life. Not in the podcast, not in life. Everything's good. <laughs> this podcast, like life, nothing ever goes wrong. Well, like life, if something does go wrong, you just cut it out and you pretend it didn't happen. <laughs> exactly. Only if, yeah. only if we were as strict at editing our own lived experience as we were editing our podcast. That There's probably be... a movie about that, right? That'd be a good movie. Yeah, actually, I shouldn't say that we're strict about editing this podcast because we're not as strict about it. There's a lot of garbage out there in this podcast. I don't want people to think that everything that makes the episode we thought was was good and worth their time, you know? I just want them to know that we're lazy about it and it just gets in there. But none of your racial slurs ever make it through. So there is that, you know? Uh, you're, you're my, uh, I guess you're my shield against, uh, yeah. against myself. <laughs> Protect me from yeah. myself. I do remember, actually, do you remember uh, this one episode of On the Grid way back in the day? <laughs> Uh, it was in the midst of all of the horrible police shootings that were going on, uh, and I began the episode by just oh, saying... Oh, I know what you're going to say. Don't yeah, worry. <laughs> by saying, F the police, and you bleeped out, like, the whole thing, and afterwards you were like, dude, you might want to run for public office someday. Like, you can't just say that on a podcast. And I was all mad that you bleeped it out. But, uh, but in hindsight, I think I'm glad you bleeped it out, because maybe I do want to run for city council someday, and I don't want audio of me saying, F the police. I think that I did you a favor because I think you probably are going to run for some sort of Baltimore council member job. I don't know what uh, you're going to run for dog catcher. I'm sure. But if you, if you had that audio out there, maybe they just play that on your attack ad and just be like, here's what Andy Mangold has to say about your nice neighborhood policemen. Here we go. And you know what would happen? Because everyone in Baltimore knows the police are corrupt. I would probably get elected, but then I would get murdered by the police. That's true, actually. I'm saving. I'm. I'm thinking even longer term. People would be like, "Yeah, we agree with Andy," and then the police would kill you, and then, then what do you have? Yep. Then what do you have? Mm-hmm. Hey, if that happens, you should like uh, start a revolution on my behalf, okay? Okay. I just want to be like Franz Ferdinand if if that's what happens to me. Okay. All right. Sure. You know Wait, the ba- you, you, you know the band the- Franz Ferdinand. I want to be yeah, like them. Yeah, I was gonna them. say I. You know, you know me in the world wars. You mean the band? I have to say, my brain did go there first, and I thought, well, there's probably a more significant, more historically significant version of this. No, no, brain. Go to the second file for Franz Ferdinand. This first file is not returning anything that makes any sense. They're the ones that had that Take Me Out song, right? Or is that The Strokes? I get, no. here's what I get. I get Franz Take Ferdinand, you got it. You The got Strokes, it. and uh, what's that other band I get confused with them? Name another band that's like those bands. Joy Division. No, Joy Division is not at all like them. Wrong time period. Well, Joy Division is the band they all want to be. Okay. Sure, yeah, they're, they're uh, all band they're all like that. The Arctic all... Monkeys, the Arctic Monkeys. How about that? That's that, that's in there too, but that's not what one's Block Party. Of. Block Party? Uh, no, gosh, it's like right on the tip of my tongue. The ones with uh, the, the hives, the Killers, the Killers, the Killers. That's okay. what I'm thinking of. I got, I always get the Killers and those other bands confused because they're all the same band. And like you said, they're all, they're all just biting new wave and adding in a little bit of more rocky pop to it. And trying to, and I mean, succeeded. I mean, very successful pop bands. Yeah, obviously. Oh, I remember Interpol. Their names Interpol. Still. You're thinking of Interpol. You're thinking of Interpol. I was thinking of Interpol. I was thinking of Interpol. Interpol is the band that wanted to be Joy Division, which is why I said Joy Division. But I should, I should have said Interpol, and it would have worked out better. But you know what? There's nothing we can do to change that. You can't change this podcast. You can't change the past, right? No, you just got to plow through. Yeah. Can't change Joy Division. That's what I always say. It's my, it's my old slogan, Matt. Mm-hmm. All right, Matt. Tonight. Tell you, I got a classic. I got a classic one for you. This is gonna be good. <laughs> Here's what I'm thinking. So now we're gonna talk about hamburgers versus cheeseburgers. <laughs> that is that is a classic. That could have been episode one. 
So and also, also uh, hamburgers have come up maybe more than any, any other topic on the show. That is absolutely not true. I, I think mean, so. I they, think they come up about, a lot as an example because food is a very relatable are, example. Hamburgers are the most used analogy on this podcast. Okay, so let's just you know, let's get to the let's get to the core. Okay, let's get real meta here. Let's actually talk about hamburgers v cheeseburgers, <laughs> Matt. As you may expect. I've yeah. done a lot of, uh, I'm not going to say preparation, because that implies that I'm, like, sitting here doing research and, like, you know, reading stuff. I've actually yeah. just spent, uh, I, you know, I decided, I usually decide an hour or two before the show, like, I go through my list of po- possible topics, I think about what I want to talk about, and then as I'm living the rest of my life leading up to the show, I just, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm you know, running, running some brain cycles over on this topic to figure out what I'm going to say. So, I, I've got some prepared statements about hamburgers v cheeseburgers. I just imagine any time you're waiting for something to load in your computer, you're just like... Dream, dreaming of hamburgers and cheeseburgers, and then wondering, wait, which do I like better? Which is it? If Don't only, know. if only I could do that and not focus mm-hmm. on the crushing anxiety. So, before I go off on my little thing, I want to hear Matt. We're at a, we're at a nice restaurant, a nice yeah. burgery, a nice burgerarium, mm. and mm. Uh, you know the menu comes out. Do you order a hamburger or a cheeseburger? Go. Ooh, is it a, is it a place that specializes in a burger? Are we at like a Shake Shack or are we yeah, at like a no, fancy restaurant? We're, we're at we're at a we're at a, a burgerium is what I said. A, 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 yeah. a, a burger place. An this In and is... Out, a Shake Shack, a, a Five Guys, or something like that. I mean, sure. <laughs> I would say like a restaurant that was nicer than those places that wasn't a chain. But why not? Let's go with one of those. I order a cheeseburger for sure. I order a cheeseburger. Now, why why the cheeseburger? Talk me through what go. Talk me through the the emotional relationship you have with a cheeseburger i think i think the cheeseburger is is an extension of the burger that is like a very acceptable form of burger like here's here's what i'm not going to do andy i'm not going to order a bacon burger i'm not going to order like a burger a burger that you can't hold in your hand like i don't i don't need a burger that layers like 17 deep and you have to there's like all the ingredients and you have to like smash it together in order to even fit it in your mouth that's not what i'm doing but you know give me a give me a burger with lettuce and tomato and cheese i don't know maybe some mustard on it uh maybe ketchup but still just standard i just like the standard burger ingredients and i feel like cheese is firmly in that standard category i feel like once you're starting to get to bacon now you're outside the standard category of burger you're starting to get to specialty burgers or like novelty burgers so we could go off on a tangent here because as you were describing some specialty burger you couldn't pick up because it had so many ingredients on it I just was seething with rage at a restaurants burger, let's, yeah, let's that make sandwiches. Like a burger is a is a is a thing you can pick up, oh and if it's not a thing God. you can pick up, then it's not. It's some, let's just call it something else. You can call it a novelty burger. You can call it uh, a burger failure, but it's certainly not a burger. You know what? I blame Instagram, Matt. I think Instagram is why we have so many of these monster sandwiches that look good on a plate and then are mm-hmm. physically impossible to eat in any sane way. You know um, what? I forgot one thing. I should add pickles. Pickles is part of the condiments that are acceptable burger territory. But you're right about that because you know what doesn't photograph well? A burger that you can kind of push together and just fit, fit neatly in your hand. Like the ingredients are all tucked under the bun. The burger's pretty thin. Yeah. That doesn't. You that, need a thin patty. That doesn't photograph well from the side. I bet, like, I'm sure McDonald's probably has to, like, you know, pop the prop the bun up at an angle and like push the pickles to the foreground i'm sure it's not doesn't go well for <laughs> photographs just by default push the pickles to the foreground indeed there's no they definitely come on i've seen i've seen some burger burger photography of, of real burgers they push those pickles forward oh. i know a thing or two about oh that. they definitely do and everything's made of elmer's Lou. That, that's what i know about food <laughs> photography yeah yeah because it's technically edible right isn't, isn't that the things that you have to you're not allowed to use something completely inedible 
but what you're using doesn't have to be like strictly speaking food in food photography isn't that like the i, the I gotta rule? be honest like i've worked on some some food packaging in my life and i've read some of those rules but i also don't totally understand because some people just have like an illustration of a burger some people have like a photoshop a clearly like photoshopped thing I don't, I don't know what, I don't know. I don't totally understand where the line is. I don't know, man. It also could be a turns out or a double turns out. Maybe there are no rules about what food photography right? is. Maybe that's just like a thing that people are upset about. And they're like, what? There's no law about that. That's just like a common practice. Like, yeah. You, oh. I mean, you go to eat one bowl of cereal and it turns out it's full of Elmer's glue instead of milk. And then you're all mad for the rest of time about, you know, the rules hey, for food photography. this is full of marbles. No one told me this would be full of marbles. You say choking on a marble. Yeah. It makes me so mad. Those sandwiches you can't eat. It's like, ugh. And I know, I know that like the way the food looks on the plate is important. Uh, and too many people come away from a restaurant where they get served some eight-inch tall burger, some eight-inch tall, three and a half-inch wide burger. It's like you know, it's got the dimensions of a hot dog, but stood on, stood on its end. Uh, but it's all yeah, just not, ingredients and onion rings and, 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 and fried I'm not, eggs. I'm not even trying to put down like a double patty. I, I'll get a double patty from time to time, but you still, you still have to be able to hold it and bite it. Yeah, seems like essential. Seems like I think that's key. I think essential. I think you should be able to eat a burger, Andy. That's my controversial opinion. Run for office. I can get behind this platform. Uh-huh. We believe in burgers you can eat. Hey, man. I'm like unlike some presidents. I'm not eating my burgers with a fork and a knife. Yeah, not American at all. I don't, I don't know if I don't know if the president does that, but <sighs> I would run. I would run campaign ads against him. There you, you go. Know, I just make it up. Uh, it doesn't matter. Facts like, don't matter. Because you can just do that. You now. Just make stuff up. Facts don't matter. You can do whatever yeah, you want. You just do what you do what you want. So, uh, you mentioned. Now that we're kind of over our little, you know, side quest about yeah. how sandwiches should not be too big, you can't eat them because the main job of a sandwich is to be eaten. Now let's discuss the cheese because Matt, you named a bunch of other toppings on a burger, yeah. uh, and you kind of said the cheese fits in your idea of a canonical burger, whereas something like bacon that's a bridge too far. We can't yeah. we can't have bacon on a burger. Now we're getting into novelty territory, and yeah. you know what? I'll, here's what I'll say. I think bacon tastes good on a burger, but you know what, Matt? Bacon tastes good everywhere. That's not a surprise. Yeah, but you don't go slapping bacon no, on everything just because it tastes I'm good not, I'm not attacking bacon. This is not an attack on bacon. I'm well, just it better saying, not like, be. There is, I'm sure you could put peanut butter on a burger. You can, I'm sure you could put chocolate chips on a burger. All things that taste good. And I, I've had a peanut butter burger. It tastes great. That is not a canonical burger. Uh, nor is it even within the acceptable range of burgers. It's a different thing. Yeah. It's good. It's fine. It's a bacon peanut butter sandwich with beef. It's a different thing. You know? Peanut butter it's and okay. jelly, but the jelly is beef instead. There's nothing wrong with being different. It's just not what it is. Is, that, ever... is that what your parents told you when you were growing up? <laughs> it's Ooh. okay to be different. You're just not like them. <laughs> Have you ever had a burger served on a Krispy Kreme donut? No. This is nope. a thing that happens, apparently. I have, I have a distinct memory of this because uh, when I was in, oh gosh, I'm going to guess this was like early high school, pre-me having a driver's license. Okay. Uh, I had a couple cousins in my family that were a little bit older than me, and it was like Thanksgiving or something, and we were hanging out a couple days after Thanksgiving, just kind of, you know, hanging around, and we decided to go to a sports bar to watch this hockey game because my cousin was really into hockey, and so like, I got to go to a sports bar with my cousin, and it was one of like the, I mean, that's certainly not the first time I had been out to a restaurant without like my parents, but it was like, you know, still early in the days of that. Uh, yeah. We go out to this restaurant, and my cousin orders this glazed donut, this cut in half bun bun ways with a burger on it. And I think it also had like two burgers and bacon. It had it was like you know it was like a kitchen sink garbage yeah. pile. Yeah. Uh, and I have such a distinct memory of being like, uh, first of all, like having this thought of like you can order that because like I had never been out to a restaurant with like 
people that weren't my parents pretty much or like adults and all of a sudden my you know my 18 year old cousin's ordering the the burger on a served on a glazed donut and then i also remember it was one of the first times in my life and still to this day one of the the only times i've ever felt like that is too gross for me to eat i don't think <laughs> i don't think i want a bite of that uh, yeah. which is not something i very often say hey i'm with you there's very few times where i've uh, i've seen food and thought i won't like that uh, actually if anything i've seen food and thought oh, i'll probably like that too and then uh in the rare instance i bite it and i don't like it uh you know that's happened to me once or twice in my life Mm. interesting but anyway i don't think i'd eat the Krispy Kreme burger either yeah i i, I, I agree with you i agree with you these are all these are all i mean these are fine as weird sandwiches right like whatever uh they can exist i'm not gonna there's no point there's no point in throwing rocks at the Krispy Kreme burger because uh it's not it's not being made because people believe it is like the most perfect iteration of burger it's being made basically as a troll food and so but whatever you know eat, eat the troll food fine yeah. Uh, I don't think anybody is putting putting that up on the pedestal and saying here it is the the best possible burger. So let's get to the cheese though, because you believe cheese to be sort of canon, part of like the core foundation of burger, and I want to I want to better understand that that attitude. Well, I think I mean one of the things is I can remember uh, uh, maybe I was like sixteen or seventeen, and I watched a, a documentary called Burger USA, and I found out what was it about? Uh, well, you're going to be shocked by this. It was about burgers in the USA. All over the USA. Interesting. This is where okay. I learned about Goober burgers, you know, peanut butter burgers. This is where I learned about uh, Southwestern burgers. But I did find out that one of the first places to ever make a burger, and I don't, I can't remember what they call it, a steak sandwich or, and I, I don't know, steak patty, whatever. They call it something not a burger, but it's basically a burger. I think it was called a beef witch. They started by putting cheese on it. So one of the original burgers had cheese on it anyway. So there's a... Uh, there's historical precedent for this. But generally, I just think it it just goes so well with the burger. Like, I think it doesn't... Uh, it doesn't. It's not a condiment that that detracts from or like takes away from your ability to eat the burger, and it goes so well with it. I feel like I don't know. It's like putting hot sauce on a taco. It just works. Just natural. Yeah, that's interesting. the The sort of history of the hamburger, and if we were a different podcast, one might say a better podcast. Maybe we would have prepared. I would have prepared some sort of history of the hamburger. But I, I have to speculate that you know it probably is kind of interesting history because. Ground beef, I mean, wasn't so much a thing until we had, like, you know, a kind of food industry, like commercialized food, where mm. it was very efficient to grind up 600 cows all together and then just scoop a bunch of cow grinds into a little package and ship it off. There wasn't as much of a reason for you to grind your own beef if you were, you know, getting your beef from a local butcher or if you had your own cows, of course. Uh, you're probably more likely, I would guess, to eat a steak or... Uh, you know, to have the beef somehow not ground. It seems like another step you wouldn't go through most of the time. Uh, it seems right. like primarily a like sort of shortcut for the sort of manufacturing process. So I do wonder, like, I'm guessing some sort of like cheese steak was maybe like kind of the predecessor where like that was a beef sandwich that existed like with sliced roast beef before uh, we, we got along to like an actual cheeseburger or a, or a burger itself. I do but, uh, have I do have a little bit of knowledge about the the origin of the hamburger, and I don't know if the, I don't know how true this is, but I've always heard that ground beef came from the Mongols and eventually made its way into into Europe and then uh, made its way to Hamburg. You know, like hence the name. Wait, ground uh, beef came from the Mongols, like the Mongol that's hordes. Heard. That's what I've heard. I guess you probably shouldn't refer to all Mongolian people as the Mongol hordes, but it came from from Mongolia. That's 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 what I've heard. Yes, they were the first people to think of grinding up a cow. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean. I guess I'm thinking, like, traditionally in French cuisine, I think, like, beef tartare goes back a long ways, like, long before the industrialization of the food yeah. industry. 
And that was the oh, thing and the other thing that restaurant I mentioned that's a Connecticut-based ref- restaurant that claims to have invented like the American hamburger, uh, but they I think they call it a steak sandwich or a steak something. Like it seems like I'm not even sure if that is ground beef or if it's just like what you said, like some form of uh, like a cheese steak essentially, where it's just like cut up steak and then you put it on a on a sandwich. Um, it might be that I'm not totally clear on that. They don't cook it. They don't even cook it in a skillet. They steam it. So I don't know. I don't know if it, it was always. I don't even know that ground beef has to be the origin. Mm-hmm. But so either way, your your kind of assertion is that the cheese is such a natural complement to the hamburger uh, that, and it, it doesn't alter the sort of form factor or the the sort of eating process at all. Uh, that it kind of just you know blends in perfectly, you know, literally and figuratively with the with the item that it just. I is think kind of, of it. A I actually fit. think I think the cheese steak is a good analogy because I think that's a. Uh, you could certainly make a steak sandwich that way, right? But there's something so natural about the cheese being with it that, in fact, there's no other way to have that meal. You have to have it with cheese. That it would have to have a different name. I feel like the cheeseburger is kind of the same thing. And honestly, sometimes people say hamburger, they mean cheeseburger. They'll get upset when there's no cheese. Interesting. So here's what I say about a cheese steak. Small, small diversion here. You now live in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. I grew up outside of Philadelphia, so I've had proper cheesesteaks basically only proper cheesesteaks my entire life until i went to college and then i ordered a cheesesteak somewhere and was like what is this thing you brought me mm-hmm. uh i think the cheesesteak needs cheese i agree i think i think it needs cheese i think i'd say that is a sort of fundamental part of that food mostly because if you don't have cheese that method of cooking beef actually ends up kind of drying the meat out and you really need that cheese to give it that that liquid that uh mm-hmm. that extra extra moisture yeah on a cheesesteak no, is, is my you. assertion yeah and it, it, I mean that kind of is the flavor. Like, yeah, I, I feel like most you're, most places you're not going to get like a, a super well seasoned steak. Uh, the cheese is mostly the flavor in the onions, you know. Yeah, and the ratio of cheese to meat in your average cheese steak. What would you say, like like one to two, maybe? Maybe it's a pretty one to high three. cheese, pretty high cheese ratio. It's a, it's a lot of cheese. To other sandwiches. Certainly compared to a like single slice of cheese on top of a hamburger. Outside of a outside of a grilled cheese, it's a pretty high <laughs> cheese to steak ratio in terms of as far as sandwiches go. Here's a new graphic for you to make to make the front page of Reddit, Matt. You just got to make sandwiches ranked by cheese vault cheese uh cheese quantity by percentage weight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I like that. That's good. I, w- I would grilled. We would hope grilled cheese is the king, but I. Maybe there's something I don't understand. Maybe there's something I don't know. Basically, is there another way to house melted cheese that is less substantial than two slices well, of bread? Well, you know what you could do? You could burn two pieces of cheese and then make that essentially the bread and then oh. put melted cheese in between the burnt cheese. You got it. You get like really thin slices of halloumi or paneer, okay? And you grill that. And then in between, you got some, uh, some cheddar and some, you know, some gruyere shredded up in there. And you make a grilled cheese where the bread is also cheese. Yeah, there you go. So we just invented that. Anyway, back us on Kickstarter. We'll send you the recipe for how to grill up a halloumi and cheese sandwich. <laughs> I think you'd be better with paneer, probably. Uh, all right. Here's what I'm going to assert, Matt. Cheeseburger's no good. Cheeseburger's no good as it is not canonical burger, or you're, you don't care for this cheeseburger thing? Cheeseburger less than hamburger. Mm. In okay. almost every what? instance. Where are you get where are you getting these burgers so good that you don't even want the cheese on it? Is it about the meat? Is it about the condiments? Like what? Where where are you getting the like? I feel like the the burger needs some flavoring, right? And I feel like that's often from the cheese and the condiments. Do you not feel that way? 
Well, so here's here's my here's my main thing. I think a burger should taste like beef. I think that is okay. a important aspect of a burger. Now, a cheesesteak doesn't really taste like beef, and you know I'll, I'll freely admit that having grown up eating lots of cheesesteaks, a cheesesteak does taste mostly like, you know, it's basically like if you had like the flavor of like beef stock, uh, but the texture of like cheese and onion uh, on bread. Like that's kind of what mm-hmm. a cheesesteak more or less approximates. Uh, a burger, I feel like, should taste like beef. Uh, so my first assertion is that the cheese is only there as like a thing. Basically, I think most people order cheeseburgers because it is something additional and therefore must be better. I think that's like this subtle thing that going on in everyone's head where it's like, even if it doesn't cost more, right? If it's 30 cents more than you assume, oh, well, this one's cost 30 cents more, it must be better. Even if it's not 30 cents more, it's like, well, why wouldn't I get the free slice of cheese if my burger is going to be unaltered? Of course, I also want cheese. Like, that would just yeah. be good, right? Uh, like, if you if you could just get them, eat them side by side, like, cheese is good, burger's good, why not combine them? Uh, I think that's one of the main reasons people order cheeseburgers more than they order hamburgers. And I agree, like, I, you mentioned that you think sometimes people order hamburger and expect a cheeseburger. I agree. I've seen that happen before where people assume that cheeseburger is the sort of baseline of hamburger. Yeah, right. Uh, and I'll, I'll, here's what I'll say. For most of my adult life, uh, I was a cheeseburger person also, uh, and I had not really thought about it critically. I think I, I liked cheese, and I figured, of course, I like cheese. Why wouldn't I like cheeseburgers? Uh, and then a, a good friend came into my life uh, back in college, and he never liked cheeseburgers. And for many years, I just stared at him weirdly and was like, why are you not eating cheese in your burger? And then eventually, I started came around and started trying it. And you come to appreciate that, a burger with whatever condiments you please. Uh, and, you know, we'll, we'll get to how cheese is different from a condiment because you might please cheese. And if you, honestly, if you like it, you like it, whatever. I'm just saying that for me, a burger is more pure, tastes more like a burger without cheese on it. Uh, and I think that if not for the fact, it, I think if you could like switch it, right? If somehow a hamburger was perceived as the thing that was extra, like it was like somehow augmented and and, and embedded, uh, and the cheeseburger was like the baseline. If you could like flip that, uh, I think that the 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 scales would swing so far in the other direction. No one would ever order a cheeseburger anymore because it, why? It just without that yeah. psychological trick, I don't think it it has any teeth on it. And here's the other thing I will say before you can defend your cheeseburgers is that in most instances, in my personal opinion putting like a slice of American cheese on a burger or whatever with all these other condiments we mentioned doesn't affect the taste at all. Like you, you cannot taste that cheese. It's not, it's, it might as well not even be there. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, I'm open to this idea, but I do in my mind, I can take, like I taste cheese when I think of a burger. Uh, I don't, I don't necessarily agree that you can't taste the cheese, but I'm also, I like to be uh, minimal on the condiments. Like I don't, like I don't, I don't really like ketchup that much. I think it's kind of weird and too sweet. I, I don't also know don't why, put ketchup on a burger. I don't think I don't know why people insist on ketchup on so many things. It doesn't. I don't think of it as a. It seems like a child's condiment. It doesn't seem like a real condiment. <laughs> a child's condiment. It's like ranch. Like who? I don't. I know people love ranch. You know, they're uh, they defend it with their life, but like. If you put ranch on something, the only taste is ranch. It's not. Well, that's why people the like it, Matt. Anymore. That's why people like it because people. Here's here's the deal, and I say this. I, I hope I'm. I can't say this without sounding like some sort of elite jerk. But that's what this yeah. podcast is all about. People put ranch and ketchup on everything because they don't like the taste of most food, and they and look, don't want to try something it. new. They don't want anything new if, because they're uh, comfortable with ranch flavor. And so let's make everything taste like ranch, and then it doesn't matter what I'm eating because uh, I don't have to ever sort of push myself in my boundaries. And look, I I, I understand putting like a bland vegetable in ranch. I understand the idea behind that, but like don't you ranch dare call vegetables bland pizza. on this podcast. Let's say you put ranch on pizza or you put ranch on wings or something that has a distinct flavor. 
Wh- why? What's the point of doing that? Do you like the taste of pizza? Do you like the taste of wings? If you put ranch on it, you're just covering that up. So I feel that way about ketchup, and I can understand your but statement about... But you don't about, feel that way about cheese. No, because I think che- cheese is a, just feels like an important part of the mix of a burger. Cheese is not overpowering. Definitely like the not. Single, the single slice of American cheese is, doesn't take over the beef. Uh, I, think if you, I think if you get a Big Mac, then yes, you now have like the overpowering Thousand Island dressing or whatever, but I think you can buy... Wait, they put Thousand Island dressing on a Big Mac? I'm pretty sure that's what Secret Sauce is, right? Transparently, I've never had a Big Mac. I'm pretty sure. So I'm I, pretty sure it's just. I think Secret I thought sauce it was just their name for like a burger. I didn't know it was actually something special. Yeah, it's got a sauce on it. Oh, interesting. But hmm. I think I think when you add let's say, let's say it's just tomato, lettuce, cheese, and then you have a burger. I don't think any of those three things are so overpowering. They're just little accents. They're little uh, little additions. But they're not they're not ketchup and they're not ranch, right? Well, here's the best thing to compare it to, right? I think we should compare it to cheese on a pizza because you will not find me arguing that cheese on a pizza is not completely essential to that food item, right? Yeah. Uh, if without cheese, you could like you could certainly say like, well, why not just have some tomato sauce bread and also have some cheese on the side? Uh, but the way that all of those ingredients combine makes a new unique thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like the melted cheese on top sort of sealing in this little like gooey layer of sauce between the hopefully crisp and also chewy crust. Uh, all of that like makes a, 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 the whole is greater than the sum of its parts when you have a sort of food item like that. Yeah. Uh, and that to me, that's my definition for like which items of this thing become essential. To me, when you slap a, a big you know, slab of cheese on top of a burger, you do not get anything magical that is greater than the sum of its parts. You have a burger, and if it was a good burger, it's still a good burger, and you had some cheese, and if you pick good cheese, it's still fine cheese, but there's no magic that happens when you slap a piece of cheese on top of a burger, which is the distinction I want to make, which, is, frankly, is also true of almost every condiment except for pickles. I think you need some kind of acidity on a burger to give it that extra dimension of flavor. And then if you if you like, you know, the crunch of lettuce, fine. If you like tomato when tomatoes in season cuz you like that going on, that's also fine. Uh, mm-hmm. but to me, I think a burger essentially needs that that sort of salty uh beef, deep flavor, a little bit of acidity, uh and and that's how you get like sort of the the magical food item that is greater than its ingredients which uh to me the cheese just has no part in that it's not even included like to me slapping cheese on a burger you might as well put it on a, a donut bun sure like you might like it could be fine but not part of the sort of essential dna of the sandwich i get that i do in my mind the cheese is is part of that but i uh i also wouldn't be upset about you know pickles and a burger and no cheese that sounds pretty good too so I don't think I, I don't feel like I would lose in any of these scenarios, but the way I picture it, I, I imagine cheese is just part of that magical combo. The way you kind of talked about pizza, I I feel that way. Okay, so what is what is the cheese you put on top of a burger? What's your go-to cheese? Uh, American or oh. Swiss? American cheese, really? You're really just gonna slap a like a like a perfect square of like extruded yellow on top of that burger? Yeah, yeah, I am. <laughs> yep, I also Wolf. like whiz on my cheese sticks. Oh, I, so. I like cheesesteaks with whiz. I, I mean, come on. That's just, that's what a cheesesteak is. Uh, but I mean, it's also we, fine with yeah. provolone. I'm fine. I'm <sighs> fine with the provolone. But if I, if, if you're ask if you have to, if I have to pick, if I'm in line and I'm under the gun, I'm going to say whiz every time. Yeah. Well, it's a funner word. It's a more, it's a more fun word to say. 
And also, like, I feel like people pretend that provolone is like you're like a classier person because you ordered your provolone no. cheesesteak. No, no, there's no room for class no. and cheesesteaks. There's just... no look. There's it is what it is, man. You're ordering. Let a us steak. all be pigs Enjoy in mud and eat our yeah. cheesesteaks. Okay. If you're if you're not drunk ordering a cheesesteak, you're the only one. Just be enjoy. Enjoy being the only sober person ordering your provolone cheesesteak. It's fine. I feel very seen right now. That was me <laughs> in high school, the only sober person ordering the provolone cheesesteak. <sighs> we did do that. There was one uh, one cheesesteak place right by my, my buddy's house. And we had this ritual one summer where like every single Friday after school, we would go and each get two foot long cheesesteaks and then <laughs> eat them over the course of like, you know, 4 p.m. to 2 a.m. That was our like fuel for the evening as we mostly play video games that sounds i mean that still sounds good now I yeah i would do it tomorrow why not yeah really like, you want to you want to stay for, stay up from 4 p.m to 2 a.m play video games eat cheesesteaks i'm like yeah yeah 30 year old me and 16 year old me agree that sounds great yeah i if you're gonna go cheese on a burger i think swiss is fine more specifically i think you want to go gruyere i think that's a good cheese okay. for on top of a burger sure. uh here's one thing i will say too and this is this is one of my theories about cheeseburgers i think oftentimes People think they prefer a cheeseburger, and what they actually are sensing is that the cheese has some more salt in it, which can sometimes make up for an undersalted patty. Uh, mm. Whereas if you had just properly salted the beef, you get more of that beef flavor coming through, and you don't miss the cheese as much. Uh, but that, that's my thing. You know, I just I don't think you get anything magical from the combination of those ingredients. Uh, everyone playing at home, you can decide for yourself. Is putting cheese on a cheese on a hamburger like making a pizza, or is putting cheese on a hamburger like putting a slice of cheese on top of a pancake or this, some other food that doesn't have cheese in it intrinsically? This sounds like uh, a much more exciting version of the London Fog episode, where I think you should take me to a burger place and get me one of each, and you, but you you pick me the place that makes your favorite burger. Okay, well, that place burger. is my house, so come on down whenever you want. All right, next time I'm at your house, I want you, I want to hear I want to hear I want to see I want to see this burger and then want to eat this burger, this okay. non cheeseburger. We're gonna do that's it. Superior to the cheeseburger. Here's how I want to end this episode, Matt. I yeah. <clears throat> would like to tell people how to cook a hamburger in their own home because cool. Let's do it. This is the thing I, I had to learn from uh, my my good friend who's a great cook. Uh, and I myself was doing so wrong for so many years, and it's it could not be simpler. The, basically, to make a good hamburger, you just have to get out of your own dang way and stop trying to make it more complicated, okay? So here's I, what you like do. I said, I got ground beef in my fridge right now. Yeah, so here's what you do. So you go to the store and you get ground beef. Obviously, the better quality ground beef you can get, the better. If you can uh, get it from a, a good butcher shop where it hopefully was ground from a smaller selection of meat, great. If you're really going over the top, you get your own cut of beef, you grind it at home, but forget that. You know, people are not doing that realistically. <laughs> go buy go buy your own meat grinder is what you're saying. Uh, you can also just chop it up really finely with a knife. I've done that before. But okay. most people are not doing that. What, so percentage, we, what percentage of fat do you want? That's what I was going to say. Here's what you want. You want – people always think that the lower the fat, the better because it's like quote-unquote healthier. And I guess it is yeah. technically. So you don't uh, want a 90-10. You want a 85-15? No, you, you, you want 85-15. 85 85-15 is what you're going to get realistically. Uh, I don't think you're going to get an 80-20. But you want an 85-15. Uh, you basically want as much fat as the uh, the grocery store will allow you to have in your burger. And if you're cooking your burger on a grill or something, a lot of that fat is going to come out, right? That's, sure. you, it's gonna be, that's what's dripping onto the coals and causing all those sort of flare-ups. Well, I'm so not, not going to cook it on a grill. I'm going to cook it in some sort of a it so that's also totally fine a, am i uh, gonna be fine yes you're gonna be totally fine a cast iron pan is a perfectly appropriate vessel in which to cook a burger all right so that's the first thing you get ground beef you get 85 15 probably uh, i guess 80 20 if they have it but more likely 85 15 trying to avoid that 90 10 stuff too lean now here's the next tip don't put anything in that ground beef just don't don't add 
any sauces, any any spices. You add nothing to the ground beef. Honestly, Wait, but what about do you not season your ground beef though? Well, so here's the thing. We, this is a test we did once one summer. Okay. Apparently, uh, it, we're, Jacques Pepin is one of uh, one of my favorite celebrity chefs, uh, and he in his burger recipes and his uh, cookbooks basically describes that there are burgers the French style and burgers the American style. And the only distinction is that apparently the French style is to put salt in the beef ahead of time, and the American style is to cook the burger and then salt it afterwards. Uh, and we did a test of this, and basically the result was that it was completely indistinguishable. So it doesn't matter. You can salt your beef ahead of time. You can also just make your burgers and salt them afterwards. Uh, it does not matter, really. I think it's actually a little bit nice to salt it afterwards just because it's easier for me to see how much salt to put on. You just, like, you sprinkle a little finishing salt on top. You don't have to, like, you know, measure your meat and figure out how many teaspoons of salt to put in there. Uh I don't know how much to put in, right? I don't, I've never done the math, so I just make a burger and then at the end sprinkle some finishing salt on it and be done with it. Now, don't put anything in that ground beef. Don't you do it. Uh, here's, the, here's the other really crucial thing. Uh, you, when you make the patties, you are going to want to make them flat, like really thin, because when they cook, they're going to plump up and you don't want to be left with a baseball patty like they serve you at that bad burger place down the street where the sandwiches are the size of an automobile and you can't fit it in your mouth. So you're going to want to make it flatter and thinner than you think. Uh, and here's, here's the really key thing, Matt, and this is like so crucial and it took me so long to like really learn this and internalize it. You don't want to pack the patty really tight. Like your inclination is like you're making a snowball or you're like, you know, you're doing something where you're like packing it as tight as you can to like really get a solid shape. When you do that, what you do is you like you crush all the meat together and it gets this really tight texture. Uh, and it first of all changes the cooking time. It cooks, it doesn't cook quite as fast because it's more densely packed. And also then you don't, get this like juicy burger there there's no pockets inside to hold the mm. the sort of melted rendered fat and there's no pockets inside to hold the juices that are coming off of the beef so really where i'm at now in my life i try and basically just ever just give the slightest gesture of maybe maybe make a patty beef you know i just kind of give it a gentle nudge in the patty direction uh just enough that it will hold together only enough to be flipped once on the grill and then a second time pulled off and put onto a bun uh, if it's more together than that, then I, I failed. And obviously, you don't want to fall apart. So if you don't pack it enough, it will fall apart. Yeah, you just okay. want to gently, gently tuck it together. Uh, and then I believe a burger should be cooked medium rare. That's how you make it taste like meat. If you prefer something else, obviously, your taste is your taste. Uh, but you want to do that on a hot grill or in a hot skillet. The other sort of slight tip is. Don't take your like beef right out of the refrigerator uh, and then throw it right on a grill. Like I like to make the patties ahead of time and let them sit for like I don't know ten minutes uh, outside of the refrigerator, fifteen minutes, just because you don't want the middle of that beef to still be forty degrees or whatever when it goes on the grill. It takes longer to cook through, and you know it doesn't mm -hmm. come out it's quite as good. So yeah, then you cook them on the grill. Cook them to your desired finish. Uh, take them off before you think they're done because they're still going to cook after they come off. And you let them rest, which lets all the juices redistribute and lets sort of the temperature sort of uh, center itself so the outside isn't super warm anymore. And, uh, and yeah, then put your condiments of choice on. I, my, my recommendations, here's my ideal burger. Uh, I go with a mayonnaise, ideally homemade. Uh, pickled red onions, also, again, homemade. I'm not mm. sure you can buy pickled red onions at the store. You probably can. That's my pickle of choice. I don't love pickled I'm cucumbers. I'm a big fan of burger. the pickled. I like a pickled onion. That's a good, that's a good call. Pickled red onions. Uh, I do like a tomato if tomatoes are in season. If tomatoes are not in season, don't get a tomato. It will not be good because it's not in season. Uh, and... Yeah, that's pretty much what I go for. Uh, what about a pickle? On a burger. Not a pickle, just a pickled red onion. No, I use red onions instead of cucumbers. I don't love the pickled cucumbers on a burger. I mean, again, short of pickled red onions, it'll be fine. You want some of that acidity? I will put a pickle on there, but uh, 
But yeah, that's basically. What do you do for a bun? Do you do your standard your standard white bread bun? Do you do a potato uh, bun? No, I like I like, a, I like a brioche bun ideally if I can get my hands on one. Uh, and if you can't get a brioche bun, potato bun's good. And I do like to toast it uh, primarily to provide a sort of more solid substrate on which to apply mayonnaise uh, and sort of have the burger resting on top of a you know more substantial yeah. foundation. Okay. Anyway, I think I, I want to try one. I think I could definitely make this. That seems doable. It's so easy. Two, I would like to try yours. Well, next time we're because we'll do. Well, what was what was the date? We said it was like June something. We'll make some burgers. It's gonna be good. All right, deal. Deal that and sounds, deal. That's a pretty good summer hangout meal. That that could work perfectly. It's such a perfect example of a food where, like, is so uncomplicated, and yet it took me a while to describe it because, like, at each step there is like a small technique where you just have to learn it, and once you learn it, it's so easy to make the best burger you've ever had because no, no restaurant is doing it with the same kind of care and attention. Yeah. Uh, but if you don't know those things, I for years I was like packing my burgers as if I was like making a hockey puck that had to like survive a nuclear holocaust. Like it was, <laughs> was packing so much meat so tightly into this thing. And then I was always like, my burgers are never as good as your burgers, friend. How do you do them? He was like, oh, I just barely pack them together. And I was like, genius, brilliant. That's what people tune in for. And then don't go on some food blog. Don't go on some food blog where they tell you to like mix sausage in with the ground beef or something. Just don't do that. You want to eat a burger, the burger people. Yeah. That that's one thing we can agree on. Stop stop putting dumb stuff in your burgers, you idiots. Yeah, that's yeah. What people, people I'll, listen, I'll tell you one thing. People listen to this show to be scolded. <laughs> <laughs> tell you one thing. Don't put a don't put a dumb thing in your burger, you idiot. That's our catchphrase on the show. Yeah, that's just that's how we end our episode now. If it's a thing that we, we just talk about the thing we don't like and tell everyone to stop doing it, you idiots. I was I was gonna say burgers specifically. We always end and oh, we just and always. Say, Always say, don't don't put a dumb thing in your burger, you idiots. Yep. You've been listening to Good Bad Show. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>